You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast Nation, you got to listen in every Tuesday to stay up to date on the most recent medication therapy topics. Game Changers creates awareness about pharmacotherapy and clinical practice changes that can significantly impact pharmacy practice. Every Tuesday, a new episode of Game Changers is published on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. And always remember, the pharmacist is the hub of healthcare. Welcome to Let's Pharmanize, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Cal Vandergrift. I'm Mickey Ferguson. And I'm Shane Garrettson. And today we're going to talk about some beneficial genetic mutations. All that and more on Let's Pharmanize. is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The views and opinions expressed within are those of the authors and speakers themselves and do not necessarily represent any affiliated institution or third party. Genetic Mutations They are defined as an alteration in the DNA sequence that forms a gene, so the overall sequence differs from what is found in most organisms in a species. These mutations can be inherited or they can generate spontaneously throughout the organism's lifespan. These are called somatic mutations. For the purposes of this discussion, we won't get into the specifics of the types of mutations that form, like the frame shift or the point mutations. Do you guys remember these from pharmacology? There's so many. There's there's really Yeah, like missense or the the stop codons and all that stuff. We won't be going that in-depth into the mechanisms of gene mutations. We'll just be skimming the surface. So genetic mutations that occur in more than 1% of a population, whatever the species, is called a polymorphism. Many mutation morph polymorphism. These include things like hair color eye color, height, and these aren't just limited to humans either. Mice, frogs, snails, lizards, birds, fish, tigers, dogs, bears, flowers, fruits, and vegetables, tons of species exhibit polymorphisms. The genetic mutations in non-human species have certainly received plenty of documentation and investigation, the most notable being probably Darwin's finches, supporting genetic polymorphism and natural selection. No mutations have received as much attention as those contributing to disease or disorder in humans. Besides genetic proclivity for things like hypertension or diabetes, there's a number of conditions with irrefutable direct links to genetic mutations. Cystic fibrosis, sickle cell anemia, Huntington's disease, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, hemophilia, the list goes on. All kinds of cancers, the BRAF mutations. Right, yeah, yeah, definitely. For many of these conditions, we've been able to identify the direct gene responsible for the physiological changes resulting in disease. For instance, cystic fibrosis is most commonly caused by a deletion of a set of nucleotides responsible for forming chloride ion channels in your cells. Duchenne muscular dystrophy, I hope I'm saying that right. Duchenne, D-U-C-H-E-N-N-E. 
Duchenne, maybe? Duchenne. Duchenne. I mean, it's you're not French. I don't expect you. DMD, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, is caused by an alteration in the gene responsible for making a protein that stabilizes and protects muscle fibers. As you can probably guess, the research into genetic disorders like DMD or cystic fibrosis comes from a desire to understand the diseases so we can better treat them and give patients better health outcomes, and in these cases, better life expectancy too. With the spotlight focused on detrimental diseases, less research goes into the smaller subset of genetic mutations, which we're gonna be discussing today. I'm talking about genetic superpowers. Uh-oh. Yo. Imagine if you had an advantage like the Flash or Quicksilver, the ability to run so fast you'd be invisible. What if I told you this was possible? Not, not for us, we probably don't have the genetic mutation, but since its discovery in 1996, sports scientists have been fascinated by the gene, the gene for speed. Need for speed reference. I, I got it. I was just yeah. happy that we're actually talking about something sports related. Need for speed. Oh, the, the gene itself, not need yeah. for speed. That's not, not about that. sports. It's about volleyball. Alpha actinin 3. That's the name of the gene. It was first discovered by Dr. Catherine North to be absent in certain patients with muscular dystrophy. And a few years later, it was discovered to have a positive correlation with elite sprint performance. This gene codes for the protein with the same name, alpha actinin 3, which is present in high quantities in fast twitch muscle fibers. As we remember from physiology, muscle fibers are divided primarily into two categories, fast twitch and slow twitch. There is a third intermediate muscle fiber, but I don't care. Fast twitch are lighter in color, use anaerobic metabolism for fuel, and provide short bursts of speed. Literally, fast twitching. They also fatigue more quickly. These muscle fibers benefit sprinters. Slow twitch muscles use oxygen for fuel and provide a longer, more continuous energy with longer endurance. Marathoners and Forrest Gump benefit from these muscle fibers. Remember when he did the cross yeah, country? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got that. I got it. Slow twitch muscles are dark because they have higher quantities of myoglobin, which has very dark pigmentation. This is also the reason that chickens have light and dark meat. Thighs are slow twitch, better for endurance, because chickens do mostly walking and running around, and their wings and breast muscles are fast twitch, so they only fly in quick bursts. We talk about chickens a lot on this show. At least I have. Chickens are pretty times. cool. They are cool. They're delicious. like modern velociraptors. They are, and they're delicious too. Anyway, so there's been a few small studies over the past 20 years investigating 19 phenotypes associated with the actin-3 gene, including exercise adaptation, recovery, and even risk of injury like a pulled muscle. First, let's talk a little bit about actin-3's training response modulation. Results were complicated at best. Firstly, actin-3 mutations come in a few varieties. One involves an increase in the alpha protein, this is the R allele, and one that involves a deficiency in the alpha protein, the X allele. These alleles resulting in the deficiency do not result in disease for unknown reasons, but potentially have something to do with slow twitch muscle fibers picking up the extra slack, or these athletes having other genes expressing different proteins in greater excess, because this allele is often found amongst endurance athletes. Okay, now for the tests. The first experiment was 12 weeks of resistance training, resistance exercise with non-dominant arms with increasing weights. In 602 patients, the only significant outcome here was that the X allele, that is the deficiency allele, showing improvements in their one rep maximum, which is the absolute maximum weight that could be lifted for a single repetition. This was also only identified in females. It was not congruent across gender. Hmm. So not very telling results. Yeah. They don't really indicate a whole lot of positive correlation going on. Mm -hmm. Next, 60-minute endurance training. 206 male police officers auditioning as extras for The Wire 
I'm just kidding. But it was 206 male police officers for this next experiment. At baseline, the XX genotypes, the deficiency genotypes, had higher VO2 scores, which my understanding is your body's efficiency with oxygen. These articles threw a lot of sports terminology at me, which I'm going to be real, made me very confused. So after the 18-week training period with these 206 male police officers, the differences between the VO2 scores in the R allele and the X alleles disappeared. This means that the R group, the group with the excess actinin, had a better response to the training than the group with deficient protein. Even though their baseline was lower, they caught up. That's interesting. Let's talk about one more. A 12-week high-speed power training program, also with the outcome of increasing max weight per repetition, the participants in this trial were 139 adults, mean age of 65. I think the scientists in the trial were doing a study at like a long-term care facility, and they were just like, while we're here, let's... <laughs> oh, real quick. <laughs> you can bring the barbells. Let's get these... Okay. Anyway, this trial discovered a similar result. The R allele showed greater improvements in the max weight they could lift over the X allele. Another trial consisted of females aged 50 to 85, and one of 51 previously untrained young males. No age was listed for this demographic, so I can only assume they were trying to fill out their roster with eight-year-olds. I think that these studies showed some interesting correlations, but not really any direct causation, and some of the samples were, like, kind of weird. Their samples were all over the place. Yeah. And this, this was a number of different trials over the course of a couple of years that just picked these really random samples for the population. Really not good research, yeah. uh, research setup. The trials to investigate exercise recovery played out similarly. Various exercises like a marathon, triathlon, adventure race, which is as cool as it sounds, hmm. and sets of 50 drop jumps, which are as terrible as they sound. Drop jumps? Yeah. Are they talking burpees? about burpees? Burpees. You stand on a platform... That's you not a burpee. jump off of it, and then you jump, and then you climb back up on the platform. It's a drop, and then a jump, and then you get back to be dropped and jumped again. That's I've never done this exercise in my life. It looks painful. Are adventure races like Spartan races? Is that yeah, are they like mud runs? Uh, there's trekking, a mountain biking. Oh, uh, no, I've never done this. Yeah, they're long. Yeah. They're, they're intense. Uh-uh. So it's not like a Spartan race. No. I don't think so. I've, I've done a Spartan race. And then race, there's a um, there's a, like an obstacle course type thing, like a rope course, I think. That sounds end. more like a Spartan yeah, race. Yeah, the Spartan race will, is all on foot, and it's usually within 10K, you would say. Yeah. It's a little shorter. It takes, about, it takes a few hours. Yeah, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a, a super long race, but it, oh, it hurts. Oh, yeah. I bet. So, okay, so this, these next trials, participants were your usual run-of-the-mill civilians, well-trained athletes, professional Brazilian soccer players, and South African cricketers. Typical samples. Yeah. Results here were also indicative that the RR allele showed decreased reports of muscle pain, and the X allele had higher levels of creatinine kinase, myoglobin, and lactic acid than their R counterparts, which are typical after a bout of heavy exercise. In regards to exercise injury, six more studies showed varying increased likelihood of injury in the X allele over the R allele from two to almost five times more likely. Whoa. I, it's dramatic. I think with these results, there definitely needs to be some more research, but the alpha-actinin-3 mutation seems to result in greater response to performance, decreased injury, and better exercise recovery. With this, I'd like to introduce the newest member of the Avengers. Bolt action. Get it? Actin, yeah. actinin, yeah. action. I got you. And bolt because they're fast. So clever. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cute. It's pretty good. Team up with uh, Deadshot. That'd be a good, yeah. I don't know who these people are. Deadshot is um, DC, right? 
He was in, um, no, I don't, is Batman DC? Yes. Yeah, then he's DC. He was in Suicide Squad. Yeah. I never watched that. But it I know wasn't Deadshot. great. I've heard, yeah. All right, so next up. You know what I hate? Sleeping. Sleeping. How else would you become a pharmacist? Is awful. Sleeping is an even bigger waste of time than court-mandated therapy sessions. Eight out of every 24 hours sleeping, a third of every day, that's almost 27 years of your life sleeping. Sounds like heaven. I just turned 27. If I wanted to waste my entire lifespan, I'd host a pharmacy podcast. That's true. I tested a few punchlines for that joke on my wife, and that was the only one that got a laugh. (laughs) I mean, you made me laugh. Personally, I yearn for a world where sleeping is an unnecessary luxury. Where maybe instead of a vacation to the Bahamas every summer, you could just rent out a climate-controlled storage unit and catch a few Zs. Well, some people are closer than we think. We've talked a little bit about sleep deprivation on the show, and if you want to hear some more info on sleep deprivation, as well as a scary story about it, see our Halloween special. But do you recall the drastic impact of 24 hours of sleep deprivation? Like paranoia. It was Um, the equivalent of having had three beers. Yeah, Yeah, like three three beers. beers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... It just goes to show the impact of, of sleep and, and how dramatically important it is. Let's talk about the HDEC2 mutation. Not quite as catchy as the actin and action. HDEC2. Yeah, HDEC2. I think the H stands for human because mice have it in their MDEC2. Hmm. This gene is responsible for modulating two hormones, orexin A and orexin B, which are produced by the hypothalamus and regulate appetite and, more importantly, sleep. In fact, there's a rare form of narcolepsy which is caused by a total lack of orexin in the brain. Orexin plays a really major role in wakefulness and has downstream effects on dopamine, norepinephrine, histamine, and acetylcholine systems. Those deficient in orexin also display increased rates of obesity, although this is not as prominent as the effects on wakefulness and sleep, most likely because there's a lot of other factors at play when it comes to appetite, and orexin's impact on circadian rhythm is pretty significant. There is an identified mutation in the DCE2 gene resulting in increased expression of the orexin hormones. It's theorized that the DCE2 gene I'm going to have to find an easier way to say that. The DEC2 gene is a repressor gene for orexin. So the mutation involves deactivating or attenuating this effect in some way, allowing for increased levels of orexin. A study performed on mice by the Department of Neurology of the University of California in 2017 indicated that genetic knockout mice, which is, and genetic knockout mice are mice that have been genetically altered to not express a gene, and in this case, DEC2, displayed increased wakefulness and orexin receptor antagonists in these mice seemed to cancel out this increased wakefulness. Hmm. Very interesting. So let's talk about people, humans. The average total sleep time for an adult is 7.4 to 8 hours of wasted time. Average sleep length for humans with the DEC2 mutation is 6 to 6.5 hours. Now this isn't super significant, but an extra hour and a half every day would really add up. If I had an extra 10 hours a week, You know how much Netflix I could watch? So much Netflix. With this, I'd like to introduce another member to our new Avengers. Catnap. Avengers is like super copyrighted. We should probably come up with a different name. (laughs) Well, I mean, how are you going to copyright one, like, you can, that's that's hard. Also has to do with the context, and I'm talking about superheroes. Okay, that would be, yeah. (laughs) Nah, screw it. (laughs) All right, we got one more genetic superpower. And now, a word from our sponsor. Wolverine is clearly one of the best X-Men characters. He's Canadian. He's got knives for hands. Healing factor. Says bad words. He's got bones made of metal. 
He's pretty awesome and totally fictional. Canada's not real. <laughs> Except for one thing about him. The LRP5 gene plays a major role in the structural integrity of many tissues, primarily in the regulation of bone density. Deficiencies in the protein made by the LRP5 gene, which is, you'll be surprised to find out, also named LRP5, can result in early osteoporosis, wherein osteoclasts, which are cells that break down bone, are overactive, and the osteoblasts, cells that build bone, are on vacation. There exists a mutation in the LRP5 gene that actually results in increased bone density through an increase of LRP5 protein and interference in osteoclast communication, so the osteoblasts are able to build more bone. There's even less studies available on this because you can't feasibly run trials with human subjects where the outcome is broken bones. Or can you? No, no, you can't. No, You're stop. right. Yeah, I'm I mean, kidding. This hasn't can, been done. Not at least not with living subjects. Experiments have been done, not in regard to this topic, but experiments have been done on severed arms to measure evolution of the fist in regard to punch force. So why can't we do experiments on bones to see how much force it takes to break them? I will personally donate my own body to be used as the control for this experiment. How generous. Why wouldn't you want to be the experimental group? Because I don't have the gene. The gene. You, they can't just like flip a switch in the lab? You can't just like go up to a person and poke them a couple times and they it turns on? They could do it with on? mice. They could probably do it with you. Well, I think they, Why can't they just they enter the Konami like the code? They sperm cells of the mice, and then they grow the mice with a genetic deficiency. You're going to have to revert back to your original state. <laughs> I could be cloned. Ooh. Mm. So let's, let's stick to the, the superpowers. All right, so the LRP5 bone density, being able to prevent bones from breaking is more of a theory than a solid hypothesis with any supporting evidence. It makes sense that increased density would result in increased resistance to breakage, but the same LRP5 mutations that result in the increased density sometimes yield vision or hearing problems as well. From hypocalcemia? From more so to do with the structure and the building of the epithelial tissue, of the tissue itself. Ooh, I didn't even think about that because bone does have epithelial, right? Because it has like attachment bits. It's more so that that, per, that gene is responsible for like a couple of downstream effects, mm, including okay. the, the structure, I think, in the uh, parts of the eye okay. as well. So that's where, cool. that's where that problem comes in. Good explanation. I tried. Okay, since their impact is a little bit more diverse than some of the other genes we've discussed today, but that's fine. Every superhero needs a kryptonite. Introducing the final member of our lineup. Steel Man. Because steel is stronger than iron. No. All right, this one was a lot harder to come the, up with. I couldn't. Superman is the man of steel. You can't. That's the joke, Calvin. Hold on. That it wasn't the joke, but thank you. That actually makes it better. Steel Man. It does man. make it better now that it's... Yeah. Superman. While the genetic mutations are super cool, I think we're a long way off from being able to manipulate the genes for the betterment of society as a whole. However, I envision a future like a video game where we choose stats for our children or ourselves like sleep length, muscle power, bone density, or magic of regeneration. Right now, we just have to learn what we can to help those afflicted with debilitating genetic diseases and continue expanding our understanding of what makes us human. I thought you were going to say what makes us special and then go back into Fallout. Just <laughs> That's what makes you special. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Which superpower would you guys choose of these three? Um, whichever superpower would cure the fact that I'm blind in one eye, that would be pretty cool. So not the bone density one, because that's going to probably make it worse. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You'd be the muscle. I, I know you'd be the muscle. Would, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right, I would be. Yeah. I would want that. That would help you, you know, be less accident prone in tennis. That's true. 
you'd be better I don't think responsive. they know that. They don't. They, the listeners don't know that about me. No, we went over it in the the like the meet and greet episode we did. Did we? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Did you injure yourself stories. a lot in tennis. Did I mean he did recently, like right a, before pharmacy school. Yeah, concussion running. Oh yeah, the football. concussion. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. That Actually, that, <laughs> I don't think that mutation will help you with that. But no, maybe like, yeah. maybe I like need some regenerative powers for that. Yeah, like something like some brain cell. Maybe the bone density if it makes your skull thicker. <laughs> maybe I just already thicker than most yeah. humans would be at this point. So for me, it would definitely be the sleep. Yeah, yeah. I would choose the the H deck, the deck two mutation. Well, if we got muscle, the sleep, whatever Mickey chose with his eye thing. But that makes him blinder. The less... Gotta, well, maybe you know, if he chose a deficiency so he could have extra brittle bones, but he could see better. So I'd be able to see the danger coming better. But, <laughs> but, if, but if you I, don't move out of the way in time, you could just collapse. <laughs> like a deck of cards. All your bones break. Just get uh, just get hit by a truck and end up in a whole new world <laughs> like those... Dust. Those anime shows. It sounds like we got our own Avengers. Yeah. Fantastic Three, whatever we would call it. Revengers. No, that's taken two. Is it? Yeah. What? I've never heard of it. It's we need thing. two more people so we could call ourselves the Farmanized Five. Mm. Farmanized Justin five, and Ivan. So. They were we just here. They were. Yeah, powers they're... would they choose? Well, Justin chose well. his own. He's got the Black Panther power. He can have that. He'll yeah. take that. Ivan can transform. <laughs> Ivan into has a the ability to <laughs> transform into can, a possum. <laughs> I was going to say he has the, the ability to, to identify any illicit drug by yeah. taste, but... He changes the it. chemicals in his body. Just <laughs> just like the power of methamphetamine. <laughs> what was it? What was the methamp- methamphetamine? Me- yeah, Amphetamine, I think. Fetamine yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it was... Some of the... Mm. It was funny. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter to keep up with our episodes and content. And special thanks to Kelly Kerr for making our music.